God has always wanted someone who would represent him in the earth. You know, that's how we were designed and made by God. You're made to represent him. So the Bible tells us when God made man, he made us a spirit. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So we are a spirit being. We are made with God-type qualities, spirit qualities. And uh, we have the unique capacity as a spiritual being living in a body. We can connect with the spirit world. We can connect in the natural world. And the difficulty was that sin coming in caused man to lose the connection with God and lose the ability to represent him and make a difference in the earth. And so, of course, we look and you see history is just full of wars and fightings and contentions and struggles. Uh, People without God trying to control their world and enlarge their world. But God has had a plan right through the Bible, right down to the verses we read. God made promises. He would send a savior into the world. He made a promise. He would send Jesus Christ into the world. He made a promise that what he had decided to do with man, position man to represent him in the earth, he would accomplish it and succeed in it. And so God has never changed in the plan. He's still going to have men and women who represent him and who have access to him, can access him in the realm of the spirit and can bring his life into the earth. He's still going to do it. Why don't you have a look with me in a few verses here. And uh, and this is the highlight. We see a tremendous thing in the life of Jesus, the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And it said, when all the people, verse 21, when all the people were baptized... It came to pass that Jesus also was baptized, and while he was praying, notice that, while he was praying, heaven opened, or the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. And we notice now, just a, the beginning of Jesus' ministry is marked by an encounter with God, encounter with the Spirit of God. You notice the beginning of Jesus' ministry is marked by an encounter of God, and in the beginning of the book of Acts is marked by men encountering God. And so God always wants us to enter in and experience Him and to experience certain things from Him. And I want to just look at Jesus' ministry. I want to look at two things. Number one, what He did that positioned Himself for this to happen And number two, what actually happened to him? Because he is the model and example, and what happened to him can also happen to us. And we find in the book of Acts, they position themselves, hungering and expecting God to move, and then God came upon them, and then they began to act as an ambassador. So if you can keep in mind, three years, beginning with this event now, and God has one ambassador in the earth with power, supernatural power in his life. And then at the end of Jesus' ministry, there's a, there's a gap for a little bit, about 40 days. And then now there's 120 and then multitudes and multitudes of people, all with the Spirit of God on their life, all rising up to change the culture they lived in. So let's have a look at what he did to position himself for God to come upon his life. And secondly, what actually happened to him? Because you and I, if you see it, if you see this, you can experience it. It can become part of your experience as well. Let's have a look what he did. Notice here in the first, uh, it tells us when all the people were baptized, it came to pass also Jesus was baptized and while he was praying. Okay, so there are two things you see in there that Jesus did. The first thing was he was baptized. He was water baptized. Now, did he need to be water baptized? Well, not really, because what had happened was 
God said, I'm going to send John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is going to preach a message preparing people to receive what I'm about to do. So John's message was, if you've got sin in your life, get rid of it, come and repent of it, and the evidence you got rid of it, the evidence you've turned away from living in sin, is you get water baptized. You go down in the water, come up out the other side, the old life living for myself is gone, I'm beginning a new life of walking with God. Now, John never did one miracle, and yet the whole of the nation came out. The Spirit of God was on him because God was drawing a nation to be able to receive what he wanted them to have. This was, one, this was the highlight in Israel's history. In fact, because Israel did not respond, they have been absolutely set aside, and now you and I have the chance to get what they didn't get. See, this is a very, though this is a very important three years for Israel. All through this history, God has spoken, I'm going to come, I'm going to visit you, I'm going to do something you've never seen before. And so this time came, and Jesus came. So before Jesus, John the Baptist began to repent. The whole nation came out to meet with him, and they came to confess their sins, repent of their sins, and position themselves for God to touch their life. Jesus had not done any sin, yet he still was baptized. Ever asked the question, why do you get baptized? Why do you need to do that? Why do you need to get water baptized? Here's the thing. What he did was he submitted to the one that God was working through. He acknowledged what God was already doing, positioned himself under it, and as a result, he was able to step into his own ministry. One of the things that people think is that you can ignore what God is doing and somehow experience the things that God has for you. We need to actually identify what is it that God is doing and position or submit ourselves to receive from that. Receive from people that God is working through. God was working through John. He wasn't working through religious people who were shut down in their heart. He was working through a heart that was open to him. And so crowds came to John. Jesus went down. John even said to him, hey, listen, I, you know, I should be the one getting baptized by you. You know, you're the one that, that, that the promise has been all about. But Jesus said, nevertheless, because this is the right thing to do for me to position myself this way, I'll do it. What areas do you need to actually face in your life where you need to submit or open your life and let God deal with? What areas in your life have you been wrestling with? What areas are there blocks in your life? What areas are there persistent sin or persistent failure that you need to face and actually get it out and deal with this thing? Turn from it. What areas of your life are you walking independently where you need to open up and connect with someone who is moving with God? What area do you need someone to speak into your life, encouragement or correction? Position yourself for it to happen. Wild independent people never ever run their course and succeed. You have to learn how to open your life to those God's position. The Bible tells us with Jesus that he submitted to his parents. The Bible tells us with Jesus he submitted to John. In other words, he was able to position himself to receive what those over him had. And then he emerged. Then he emerged. Sometimes we think that by opening our heart or submitting or responding to people that God's placed in our life, somehow we're going to be robbed or miss out or something like that. But actually, it is God's way of launching us. And you find through the Bible, there was no one there that I can see that didn't at some point submit to the hand of God in their life, trying to shape them. So the first thing Jesus did was he positioned himself, submitted under the authority of God, working through John the Baptist in ministry. The Bible says of John the Baptist, there wasn't a single ministry in the Bible that was more powerful than him. 
Why did they say that when he did the miracles? Very simple. Because he had an anointing and empowering of God, and it was to turn the hearts of people back to the Lord. It was a father's anointing. It was an anointing to restore families. It was an anointing to bring fathers to their sons and sons to their fathers. It was, a restore, it was an anointing to restore broken families and broken relationships. And so this is what swept across Israel just before Jesus emerged. And Jesus submitted to it. When he submitted to it, he was then empowered by it to come forward. I want you to see the second thing he did. second thing he did was he prayed. It's hard to think of that, but Jesus prayed. He taught us that if we will position ourselves right and we will pray. If we want things from heaven to come into our life, we have to be committed to pray. That word pray means to pour your heart, pour your soul out, pour your life out, pour your heart's desire out in prayer. So Jesus not only was water baptized, but he prayed. And we see right through his life, he was a man of prayer, a man who could bring heaven to earth. And one of the things the Bible is very clear that prayer is the way that we bring heaven into the earth faith-filled, passionate prayer that believes God wants to work through me. God wants to touch my friends. God wants to break into the high school. God wants to give me a miracle. God is good, wants to break through. Prayer links us to him. In fact, a lot of people ask the question, wonder why God doesn't do more. Symbol is, he requires someone who will believe. He's limited himself to work through people who will believe and turn that faith into prayer and action. So see, prayer, crucial part of it. So Jesus submitted himself, he positioned himself, and he prayed. When you look in the New Testament, the book of Acts, guess what they did? They submitted to Jesus' instruction, and then they prayed. And they kept praying, and they kept praying. And there was an experience and account of the Holy Ghost came. I want you to see the second thing about this thing now. So we see what Jesus did to position himself. And I want to show you what God did, because what God did for Jesus is available for us as well. The first thing that happened was, it says, the heavens opened. I want you to think for a moment what that meant. See? If the heavens opened, that meant what well, they must have been like before. They must have been closed. When the Bible talks about a closed heaven, it means you can't access the realm where God lives and receive his blessing. When the heaven opens up, then you have ability to access God freely. We need to have in our life an open heaven. See, I coming to church, I'm very sensitive to atmospheres, very sensitive to when people are shut down or opened up. We have to decide that we will live with an open heaven over our life. There are many keys to an open heaven, but one of them is prayer, passionate prayer, passionate prayer, pushing into the presence of God with desire. So an open heaven means you have access to the life, the power, and the supernatural resources of God. If you try to run your Christian life without that, you'll find your struggle. You'll move to trying to be good, trying just to do the best you can, trying to keep some rules. You move out of what God wants. He wants you to learn to be able to access his presence. And we have our leaders retreat. We're going to talk and show you how to do that and lead you to do that. So those who are going on that, uh, youth leaders and kids' church leaders, you need to fast. Prepare your heart to experience God. Position yourself so things can happen in your life. So number one, the heaven open. What God wants to do is to open the heavens in our lives so we can begin to encounter the supernatural more and more. But prayer and positioning yourself under him is a crucial part of that. Here's the second thing that happened. It says that the Spirit of God came on him like a, uh, like a, like a dove. The second thing that happened was he experienced the touch of God. He actually had an experience. He felt something. 
It wasn't that he just came along and just sang songs or did something. He actually felt he was touched by God. He was touched by the Spirit of God. Now, this is something that you can have every day, touched by the Spirit of God. Actually experience His presence. You know when someone's touched you, you feel it. Okay? But we can actually feel God touch us. We can feel and encounter His experience. You can make that your experience day by day. See, then you, know, then you come when you face your day, you're coming with an open heaven, you're coming and you've had an experience, you've felt God touch your life, you felt His presence start to manifest around your life. See, this is an important thing for us to have. Otherwise, what do you have? You have some words that haven't got anything in them. You've got empty words. See, the person who's got the experience of God carries something inside them to bring to others. And uh, when I was in, uh, just away in Asia, the Lord just uh, touched me through one of his scriptures on a particular story, and I felt the heart of God on a matter. Now, every meeting I went to after that, expression of that flowed out and touched people. See? The heart, see so when you, whatever you experience with God becomes something you own, and then you can bring it to others. So if you've felt his love, you can bring it to others. If you have felt his presence, you can bring it to others. If you have felt or experienced his compassion, you'll be able to give that to others. If you've felt and experienced his generosity, you can bring it to others. But you can't give someone something you don't have. See, so the first thing he was, he actually had the heavens open. Second thing was he actually experienced the presence of God. Third thing that happened was he had words from heaven. He had words. God spoke to him. And two things were spoken to him. Number one, it was God said to him, he said, this is my beloved son. In other words, God said, I'm your father and you're my son. He had words that confirmed his identity. Now, you need to know. See, if we don't know in our heart and live out of who we are in Christ, what we'll do is just live out of our past life. And if your past family experience or background experience has not been so good, then what you do is measure everything in life out of that. But God wants you to know, I can come to God. God's my father. I'm actually a child of God. If you're a child of God, an ambassador of God, someone who's important, you're going to carry yourself differently. You're going to walk differently. You don't do stuff other people do, not because you don't have to, or, but because now this is not who I am. I'm an ambassador. I'm a, I'm a person who comes from heaven. I've got the life of God in me. I don't do that stuff because I'm not that kind of person anymore. Devil will try and remind you what you used to be. God wants you to know who you are. It says of Jesus, he knew who he was, knew where he came from, knew where he's going. And so he was able to serve. He was able to give his life and make his life count. But if you don't know who you are and you're not convinced you're a child of God, accepted, able to come into the presence of God, if you don't know who you are and you're struggling in that area and there's a doubt in it, you can't boldly represent God. One of the things that God wants you to know is your uniqueness. You're unique. If you See, he doesn't want any copies. doesn't want any clones. He wants unique people. So I need to know I am unique. I'm a child of God. I have unique gifts, a unique call, and I need to stand up and live it out. Instead, otherwise, you copy the crowd. Otherwise, you follow the crowd. God doesn't want you following a crowd. He wants you leading the crowd because you know who you are. People who know who they are are able to be confident. No, I don't do that. That's not who I am. This is who I am. I do this sort of thing. See, and when the more you become established in your identity, who I am, by actually discovering what God says about you and embracing it, you need to hear God say things to you. 
And so Jesus heard a voice from heaven. This is my son. So next thing he heard was he heard words that affirm him. Now I found, I've watched people, I found most people, what they're looking for is someone to make them feel good. Someone to affirm them, tell them they're great. That's great if you've got someone to do that. But if you haven't, there's someone who'll always do it. And that's God. He will always speak words of affirmation. Everywhere I've gone teaching people how to hear the voice of God, the first thing they hear is, I love you. It's almost the first thing everywhere you go. Almost the first thing you say, what do you hear from God? He said, oh, he said, oh, you're my child and I love you. Exactly what he said to Jesus. It's extraordinary. I've had been in a room with maybe 1,800 people learning to hear the voice of God. And I asked them, how many of you, the first thing you heard was, God said, I love you. And most of them put their hands up. In other words, it's in the heart of God to speak words into your life that affirm your value continually. I love you. I'm pleased with you. I, I care about you. I'm interested in your life. Now, listen, if you're not getting words from God saying that, you're going to have to try and find it somewhere else. You have to try and find it somewhere else. You have to try and find it in the crowd. So you'd have to do all kinds of things that, that really actually humiliating for your life to just get what you're looking for. God to say some words to you. You can go home tonight, spend a little time alone with the Lord. And you're not here, begin to talk to you. And he'll always confirm who you are. And he'll always speak words of value. Then you speak other words into your life. Now, Jesus had not only had an open heaven access to the realm of the spirit, he felt and experienced the presence of God. He had words that confirmed his identity, words that actually valued him. And then he received a gift. He received the power of God, the presence and person of the Holy Spirit coming around his life to empower him to fulfill his destiny. He received a gift. So when we get in the presence of God, we can receive from him. We can receive things we've never had before. You can receive things in the presence of God you've never had before. The thing that he wants you to have, first of all, he wants you to have the Holy Ghost baptism come on you, the Spirit of God come on you, and empower you to live the powerful life. Be able to speak in tongues, be able to worship God, be able to access the presence of God. Now, when you look at Jesus' ministry after that, he went from being an unknown to being someone who stood out in the whole nation. In other words, this encounter with God launched his whole, the fulfillment of his purpose in life. This is why you and I need encounters with God. We need experiences of God. And everything that Jesus experienced there is available for you. An open heaven, free access to the presence of God. Eh? Touch of God on your life. Words from God saying who you are. Words from God affirming your value. God's spirit imparting to you giftings. All of that is for you. If you can see it and you position yourself you can receive it. And so the thing is here is Jesus' ministry began with an encounter that launched him into a destiny that changed a nation. And Israel did not respond. So God said, okay, I'll offer this to someone else. And you know how it all started? Now there's not one person. Now there's a whole group of 120 in a room and they're positioning themselves, preparing themselves, and God touches them and they begin to change the world. If you're going to be a world changer, you need to encounter God. You need to not only have an open heaven in your life, but to begin to experience God regularly, talking with you, encouraging you, speaking into your life, giving you direction. Jesus made it his priority. It didn't matter how famous he was. He'd get up in the morning, get out there, and he would encounter God each day coming into encounter with God. How can we do that? Well, I need to, first of all, 
offer him praise. I need to build an atmosphere where I give him the honor and give him the praise, and then I need to meditate, allow my heart to reflect on his goodness, using the word of God to begin to access his presence and hear him. You can do that. Every person can do that. Every believer can do that. Every believer can receive from God. It's just the choice whether that's what you want in your life or whether you're happy to just do with someone else helping you out. See, you and I can actually come to a whole new level. And I believe in this coming year, God's wanting you to stretch out in your prayer life, stretch out in your opening up to God so that you can break to new levels of encountering and experiencing him. We say amen. And we just close our eyes right now. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence here right now. Thank you, Lord, for the destiny you've called us to. Lord, we want to encounter you in a whole new way.